Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Shattered Lives, the Irish Daily Star and Irish Mirror's crime podcast. I'm Paul Healy, I'm the paper's crime correspondent, and today I'm speaking with our crime and defence editor, Michael O'Toole. Um, this is the fifth day of the trial of Joseph Puska. So Mr. Puska of Lainali Grove in Mukla in County Offaly, he's on trial for the murder of the 23-year-old school teacher Ashling Murphy. He's pleaded not guilty to her murder, and this, as I say, is the fifth day of the trial. So Mick, you were in the courtroom today, and uh, I understand we had evidence from a paramedic who attended the scene, and we also saw um, the first bit of CCTV footage in the trial today. Yes, Paul, that's right. There were actually four witnesses today. I think the last two days when you were in court, there were eight. Uh, so obviously today we had four, but one of them did take quite a long time. And uh, he stepped, is uh, a guard witness, guard David Harney. He talked, he brought the, the jury and the judge, Mr. Justice Tony Hunt, through quite a significant, I think there were more than 50 different clips of CCTV footage. But at the, uh, his, uh, I'm not going to say interrupted, but his, his evidence was broken up briefly to let a second paramedic give evidence so we will go through this but there were two paramedics as listeners will know who were the one of the first two of the first responders to miss murphy when she died and they both talked about trying to give basically trying to save her life and trying to keep her alive and what efforts they took but uh, yes the the first uh, witness today was a paramedic called paul mccabe now he uh, was with Kieran Daly, uh, who will hear uh, later on. He gave evidence. But Paul, Paul McCabe is a an advanced paramedic. He's actually based out of Athlone in County Westmeath, but by chance he and Mr. Daly were in Tullamore on a job on the twelfth of January, uh, twenty twenty two, when they got a call uh, at uh, fourteen forty nine, I believe, uh, uh, saying that they had to get to Captain Kerr very quickly. Now the initial call they believed it was a cardiac arrest. So they're advanced paramedics so they sped to the scene. Mr McCabe said that while they were on the route it became apparent they they became aware that Guardy were there and it was being treated as an assault case. So uh Kieran Daly was driving. Mr McCabe was the they got said that they got to the scene, they came across the first guard cordon which we know it was a guard car at Digby Bridge, quite close to where uh Miss Murphy was found, got there at uh, 15, 14.56, so it took seven minutes, I believe, for them to get to the scene. They got to the scene, they drove through, the, they were led through the first garden uh, where the guard car was, and they got down to where they could see two guardy working on Miss uh, Murphy in the undergrowth or in, on the embankment. We know that she was found really in, in, in briars. That's where she was recovered from first. That's where the two guardy were, were, were as you'll know, Paul, they were trying to 
do CPR on her. So Mr McCabe got out of the car of the, the ambulance first and ran over and he could see that uh, they were working on her and that they were performing CPR on her and he said he started working and he essentially basically made the decision to improve the quality of care that he could give her. He, he said it was best that they basically drag Miss Murphy from the undergrowth on the embankment up onto the, the canal itself. Yeah, and we heard some evidence from the Garda witnesses involved in relation to that yesterday. So I understand after making the decision to, to take Miss Murphy out from the undergrowth, they brought her out onto the tarmac and uh, they brought out the defibrillator. Is that right? Yeah, essentially, uh, he said his first view of her was that she was lying on her back in the undergrowth. Now, the undergrowth had been flattened because obviously the two Gardaí were, were working and, and trying to save her life. But he did say that her left foot was suspended, her head was turned to her left side and he, he was watching the Gardaí do CPR. Now, because of the area issues and as you say we had to try and extricate her to the tarmac so we had to create a chain he said to drag her up the embankment and it was then that he realized he could see that it was a woman so as i say he did create the chain and to get the what he said was the patient out now he said her jacket came off as we dragged her up the embankment he then grabbed the defibrillator and he observed by this that her jacket had come off and uh, he could see that she was wearing a, a sports top she had tracksuit bottoms on her hair was matted and he could not see her face. Now he decided for a number of reasons that the, the, the blood was, the, the, sorry, the, the hair was probably matted from blood loss and condensation and other issues. He said he could see a substantial wound or a number of wounds to the right side of her neck. Her mouth was wide open and there were, as I said, there were a number of uh, wounds on her right throat. He brought out the uh, defibrillator, now, the defibrillator, essentially have to put it on the patient's chest. When he was doing that, he could see no wounds on her body, on her chest. There was some tissue, but that, that wasn't an injury. He put the defibrillator pads on. There was no no sign of life and she could not be shocked. A defibrillator essentially works by shocking the heart and the rhythm and bringing the heart back to operation. So he decided and that the patient was dead. He said, Aisling looked dead at this stage. Her skin was pale and cold and she could not make any effort to make movement. He used stethoscopes to hit, listen to their heart. Also checked her pulse and pupils and he was they were fixed and dilated so it was his decision to cease resuscitation as you know there was CPR efforts underway it was his decision to cease resuscitation after consulting with colleagues uh, and Gardy at the scene so his last act essentially was to cover Miss Murphy with a blanket once he realised she was dead and he's dead at the scene for, for quite some time until he was released by Gardy. And as you say, he, he concluded there were no signs of life. He, he said that her pupils were dilated, there was no pulse. So, I mean, I know he went through the technical terms, but I, I think the quote was something to the effect of there was nothing more that could be done for her. Yeah, he did say that uh, under cross-examination by the defence counsel that, you know, he did confirm that the guardie and the paramedics, him himself and uh, Mr. Daly, had made strenuous efforts really uh, to, to try and save uh, Miss, Miss Murphy's life. But there was nothing they could do. Uh, and as you mentioned, a blanket then was, was placed over her body and, 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 and she was officially, as we heard from the evidence yesterday, I think she was officially declared dead just before six o'clock that evening. Yes. Um, yeah, he was asked about that. That was a doctor. So a doctor essentially confirmed it. But, you know, he, he had called death essentially from just a few moments after he arrived. He knew there was nothing they could do. Mm -hmm. The next witness then, I believe, was Detective Garda Ronan Lawler. 
Yes, Detective Gardner Lawler is attached to the technical bureau. He's part of the forensics investigation section at, in, that, in that unit, and he has been in that unit for 16 years. So you, you obviously said there, Paul, that, that the doctor confirmed death at around six o'clock. Detective Gardner Lawler arrived on the scene at just before 10 to at 10 to 7, so just before 7 p.m. So he he he. Uh, he was he attended he arrived at the northern bank of the grand canal and turned in um tullamore he went in to the crime scene and he saw a tent that was erected a crime scene tent a blue crime scene tent he entered that tent and he said he observed a deceased female on the ground and again he said he could see numerous wounds on the right side of the deceased's neck um at, now he did go into some detail about attending a scene like this we'll all have seen this on in the, in the movies and in re, but also in real life you will see forensics officers they're what we call suited and booted so they've got a, a, a white protective suit on with a with a hood they would have masks on the hood would be up gloves would be on and interestingly he says that gloves are regularly uh, changed for evidential reasons so he helped remove miss murphy's body into a body bag for the undertakers and he was asked about he was asked about, uh, he did clarify that ha bags had been placed around the, the hands of Miss, of Miss Murphy. Then he saw an, another tent and uh, he looked inside there, on top, uh, there was plastic sheeting and under that there was a bike and uh, he said he, he looked at the photograph of the bike and he confirmed that's the bike that he had seen. So um, he also saw it, he saw uh, a pink hat and two and a pair of two, uh, or sorry, two runners uh, on the scene as well. So the next day, uh, and he also saw uh, sunglasses and various other items which he bagged. So the next day, he was involved in the postmortem. He, the, Dr. Collis, you were there for Dr. Collis, did the postmortem the next day, but he would have been there as, as a member of the garden. One of the things about it, he would have taken fingerprints. But he did attend the postmortem and he said that Dr. Collis took swabs and nail scrapings from Miss Murphy and also various items of clothing of clothing, clothing were removed from Miss Murphy. And that included a bloodstained scarf, a GAA top. Now, all the items that he that uh, Detective Gardner Lawler spoke about were shown to the jury. So as I said, there were some items that he said he bagged or he, he spotted and bagged at the scene. So that would have been things like the runners, it would have been uh sunglasses, and we know that there was an apple core, he would have bagged all them. So all these items uh were bagged and shown to the jury. But he also other items that were taken from Miss Murphy during the PM were also shown individually in bags. So we have the bloodstained scarf, the GAA top. Uh, the 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 top was a, a green and blue. It also had a white blood stained T-shirt. Then there was a necklace that said icing on it, a gold ring, and a watch was shown. We understand. Uh, I think it's uh, the guard lawyer said it was a Fitbit watch. So all those. Uh, the way it works is guardy who do exhibits like that would write their initials and a number so it was rl5 rl6 so when thinking about oh, the necklace for example is rl so it's ronan lawler that stands for rl28 so you know uh, the rl5 for and five and six were the runners respectively uh and six was the right runner five was the left runner so they were all carefully tied mm. So as you say, the jury was shown those items. So so is, am I right in saying that you yourself being in the courtroom, the, you would have seen these items, these bagged items as well, the woolly hat and the, the jersey and, and, and all these yes. items? 
yeah, that's 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 right, Paul. And the one, and obviously, we were we were like you. I was I was live tweeting during the course uh, during the the court hearing today. So it's very hard because you're concentrating and you don't want to you, you don't want to look up. But one that I do remember really looking at would be the the GAA top, and I remember having a good look at it because it was a sort of sort of bottle green. It wasn't a dark green, and there was blue in it, and you could see the yellow stripes on the the arms as well so that 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 was one that i, I right. did have a good look at um the the next witness and and probably the the main witness of the day was garda david harney and and he led the the court through much of the cctv evidence in this case yes so garda harney uh, miss Henry lawler who's the senior counsel for the state the main prosecutor said that garda harney would be on the stand for two or three hours and i think she was she was quite accurate in that so the the first thing he did was he basically uh, took us through, took the jury through a map of Tullamore, uh, and with all the buildings that are marked on it that have cameras on it. So that that took up quite uh, some time, and he also basically also took. They also showed the jury photographs based on the map. So say for example, if there was a camera at Church View, they would have taken a, a photograph of the view from the camera, and they would have taken photographs of the camera. So and they did various things like they did. He showed photographs of Tesco. We will hear evidence about Tesco and that sort of thing. So it, so much of it really was scene setting and preliminary. But then just before lunch, we started to see CCTV footage. Now, as I said, I think there were about maybe between somewhere I wasn't counting but my belief would be there were somewhere between 50 and 60 different CCTV footage clips of CCTV footage both in Tullamore on the day uh, of Miss Murphy's death but also in Crumlin in South Dublin on the 13th of January which was the day after Miss Murphy's death now just just to explain this there are really there are four tranches of CCTV and, and, there, and it did go on I think it was probably three hours. Miss Lawler was right. So we're not going to go into minute detail, but really it's important to say there are four tranches of CT, separate tranches of CCTV, which we can sort of group together just to explain to people. The first is accepted CCTV footage of Mr. Puska cycling around Temple uh, uh, Tullamore early in the afternoon of the 12th of January. Then another tranche of CCTV is that of Miss Murphy leaving her school in Duro, uh, school Neve Colmkilla in Duro, uh, about half two on the 12th of January and driving into Tullamore and we, and we can talk later about that. The third group of CCTV is what the state alleges is Mr Puska in Tullamore between 8.55pm and 9.14pm after the death of, on the night of the 12th of January after the death of Miss Murphy. And then the final uh, piece of C tranche of CCTV, there were several clips, was between on the 13th of January, so the day after Miss Murphy's death, 13th of January, just before 1am it starts, uh, until about quarter past 12 on later that day, and that's accepted footage of Mr. C uh, of Mr. Puska in Crumlin and in another part of South Dublin. Right. And I mean, as you, as you mentioned, this witness gave evidence for two to three hours. But just to give people an idea, in this case, in its entirety, we heard there is over 25,000 hours of CCTV. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it has been boiled down. But detect uh, Garda, uh, David Harney, for, just to give an example, at the end of the hearing today, he said he spent three months specifically looking at CCTV, nothing else. 
that was his job for three months looking at CCTV and then the rest of 2022 he would have done it part-time so obviously they they had to go through a huge amount of CCTV and they distilled down and as I said they were the jury was shown between 50 and 60 uh, CCTV uh, pieces of footage basically uh, today. Shall we deal with the, the footage of Mr. Puska first? Because that is, as you mentioned, yes. it, it's accepted footage of, of Mr. Puska on his bike uh, in the Tullamore area. And this is this is in the hours prior to uh, the incident at hand, the alleged murder of Miss Murphy. Yeah, and you mentioned 20, 25,000. You're absolutely right, Paula. Actually, and Garda Harney actually said the precise number. There were 25,213 hours of CCTV harvested in the investigation so the first tranche is of mr puska it's accepted it's mr puska on a bike between 12 25 and 1405 on the 12th of january now the first uh, clip shall we say is uh, as you'll know mr puska has an address at lenali grove in mokla and the first bit of footage is of him cycling through mokla at around 12 25 on the 12th of on the 12th of january so then it it keeps on going through and there are various parts you can see his the the, the footage basically maps him cycling around go, cycling to Tullamore cycling around Tullamore until about 2 p.m on the 12th of January but in that footage there are there are several clips that show Mr Puska uh, cycling in the same in, in, in separate issue uh, separate clips shall we say or separate groups of clips shall we say there are two sections i suppose uh, that show mr puska cycling in the same direction as two separate women so in the first one it is a lady who is walking around Tullamore, and you can see the footage shows mr puska it shows the lady walking several clips and mr puska is seen cycling in the same direction and in some cases the, there are stills and you can see the, the two of them in the same frame okay uh, then the second group grouping of footage in relation to a lady is of another lady uh, it's about 20 minutes later in Tullamore and that's the lady out walking her dog and again there were several clips of Mr Puska cycling in the same direction as that lady Okay. And just from your own eyes, I mean, um, and I'm, I'm, it was accepted by the court, I understand this, some of the footage seemed to be very, very good quality and some of it not of very good quality at all. Yes, uh, you can hear Garda Harney did actually say at one stage, this bit of footage is terrible. So some of it was really, really good, really, really clear, and others were questioned. I think the stuff, obviously, the footage that the state alleges or says is that of Mr. Uh, Puska, at night it's dark it's not very clear so really what you're doing what we're happening there is and that was between 8 55 p.m and 9 14 p.m um you you, you basically you had guard harney saying i believe that's mr puska i believe that's the same person and in some cases it is very hard to make out but uh guard harney would say you know i examined the the if the footage based on timing the gate and everything i believe this is the same person and at one stage uh, you know, he, he does talk about clothing and that sort of thing as well. Okay. And and in the footage that is accepted uh, to be Mr. Puska, what, what did he look like in the footage? What could you make out from and, and what was said in the court about his description in the footage? No, I mean, his. you could see he had uh, tight hair and he had a beard. Uh, it, it, I mean, I mean there's, it is, 
it was said repeatedly of the stuff, the first tranche, so the stuff on the the, after, the early afternoon of the 12th of January, the court heard that it was accepted, that there was no dispute, that it was clearly Mr. Pruska. I, I believe he's, he's wearing like a, a black tracksuit with the white stripe down it. And he, as, he's, as you mentioned, he has a, a shaved head and he has uh, seems to have a, a, a bit of a beard on his face. Yes, so it is a hill figure tracksuit bottoms with a, a, a white stripe and at one stage uh, in the evening the contentious or the contended or the claimed footage of Mr Pusco, the, the footage that the state says is Mr Pusco, Garner Harney says you can see a white stripe and he says I can see the letter G in that and I believe I can see the whole word hill figure in that. Okay. Um, then we had footage uh, from Mukla National School and this is about 25 past 12 in the afternoon and this is um, this is footage again of of, of Mr. Puska, as, as you mentioned. Um, following that, there is footage of Miss Murphy. Is that right? Yes. So that footage starts at fourteen thirty-seven, and that's north of Tullamore. It's Skoil Neve Colmkella, which is in Durrow in County Offaly. It's a few kilometres north of Tullamore. And uh, when the footage comes on. Uh, you can see a lady walking out of the school, of the main entrance to the school, and Garda Harney looks at the footage and says, that's Miss Aisling Murphy. Uh, it's a woman walking along the screen, and he says she is walking towards her car. She had a red Seat uh, car, as we know, and there is footage of that car pulling out of the car park. At 14.48, so 11 minutes later, uh, there is footage of Miss Murphy's car at a place called Corner, close to Tullamore, and the car is driving in the direction of Tullamore. Then at 14, very close to Tullamore, then at 14.50, the car is caught on camera at Callery Street in Tullamore. Uh, and then at 14.55 hours, Miss Murphy has parked her car and she is seen walking from her car. So she, she is at 14.55, as I say, she is seen walking on a towpath, uh, which leads to a bridge. That bridge in turn leads to Fiona Pender Way, which is part of the Grand Canal. Now, uh, at various stages, as I said, still images of the CCTV were shown. So there were, I don't know, maybe a dozen still images, maybe less, but there were several, you know, there were, there were several, shall we say, still images of Mr. Puska earlier in the day cycling around uh, Tullamore. They did it, and Garda Harney also showed a still image of Miss Murphy, and she's seen wearing a pink bobble hat, the jacket, a scarf and runners. So first of all, so what happened was we saw this, now it, it's a bit far away, but you can see Miss Murphy walking and then they play, they showed, they showed the jury a close up and you can see all the items that I mentioned there, the, the bobble hat, the jacket, the scarf and the runners. Yeah, and as as we've said, we've heard mention of these items and some of um, a pink a pink hat and uh, these other items were shown to the jury today as well. Yes. So so th so then the next tranche, as I said, there were there were four. So that's two out of the four, shall we say? And both of those are accepted. The first one is the accepted footage of Mister Puska cycling around Tullamore early in the afternoon. Then the second accepted is that of Miss Murphy. Uh, leaving her school and walking and driving to Tullamore and then walking to the, the canal. So the, the third piece of section of CCTV footage is the state is making allegations or the state is saying that the person in the footage is Mr. Puska uh, and that is between 8.55pm on the 12th of January. So we know by this stage Miss Murphy had 
been, been pronounced dead. That was around six o'clock. Uh, and the Gardaí called it, were called to the scene of the Grand Canal at roughly 3.30 p.m. So this is several hours later. So it's at 8.55 p.m. to 9.14 p.m. Now, it is night. It is January. is obviously very dark. So it is, you know, some of the footage is very hard to make out. So Mr. Gardaharney basically says in his view, having repeatedly examined the CCTV, he said he believes that that figure seen in various items of CCTV and clips of CCTV is Mr. Puska. And then there's footage in Crumlin in Dublin later that evening. Yes. Yes. So I'll just say for, I'll just, I'll just talk briefly about one example. At, at 9pm, exactly 9pm, there's a figure in dark clothing walking towards, uh, this is at Fitzpatrick's garage in Templemore. And um, he said, uh, Garda Harney says, uh, he said it's the same, per- believes it's the same person that has been seen in the previous footage that he says in the previous footage. He says, I believe it is a tight haircut, less than, the person was less than average height and had a slim build. He said he can see the letter G on the, the trousers and believes it says hell figure. So he says he believes that is the same uh, footage and he, uh, he said I, it is the same, I, I would say that is the same individual. So there are several of these, but you're, you're quite right, Paul. The, the next group of CCTV footage is the final grouping and it's accepted footage. So that is from 0058 and that is at the Oak Apartment Complex in uh, Crumlin in South Dublin. Okay, and so the sequence is at January 13th, 0058 hours, there is a camera above the apartments and you, we can see a car pulling up. Three people get out of the car. It's accepted that the three people are Mr. Puska's father, his mother, and the third person is Mr. Puska himself. And then you, Mr. Garda Hartley says of Mr. Puska, he appears to be moving freely and has a phone in his hand. He also said he, he has changed his clothing. So, that, so that's at... Uh, uh, then fast forward to 11.56, so almost 12 hours. 11 hours later, Mr. Puska is being brought out of this, on the same camera, he's being brought out of the apartment in what Garda Harney was call, called a carry chair to an ambulance. So, you know, you've, you've probably seen the image of, it's not exactly, uh, it's a chair, sort of, but it's not uh, a, a stretcher. So you're basically sitting up, but he had a blue hospital blanket over a blue ambulance blanket over and I think he was sort of strapped in so he uh, that's at 11.56 uh, he's been brought in a carry chair to the ambulance so fast forward then to 12.13 so mm, six, uh, 16 minutes later and this is at St James's Hospital and Mr Pruske is seen in a stretcher being brought into the hospital and uh, Garda Harney says Mr Pruske has shaved at this point so after that was the end of the thing, he was quest. Uh, Mr. Har- Garda Harney was cross-examined about one element of the footage. You may remember that I spoke about Miss Murphy walking, been seen walking towards the canal, and um, he's, he's cross-examined about that. And um, it basically is asked, "What can you see? What the person is doing with the, their hands?" And he said he can't really see. And he was also asked. He did say in evidence that at one stage he watched footage a hundred times, then thirty or forty times. And he says he did say both. He says he cannot put a figure on it. He thinks it might would be closer to a hundred times than thirty thirty to forty times. That is footage of a, a an incident at Hop Hill, which is a part of Tullamore, and in that footage. The guard said he believed he could see a person putting his hands in his pockets, 
then holding something and that's what he believes he believes he saw he saw the defense first how barrister however said he believes the quality is super that that, that cannot be said yeah and the guard is alleging that person is mr puska appearing to yes. put something in his pockets yes so the last really the last piece of evidence was uh, as i said garda harney said that he worked for three months solid on the ccv then part-time for the rest of 2022 okay that, that's very interesting mick thanks for the evidence for today will there be more cc i imagine there will be more cctv probably uh next week i don't know don't know we'll have to see what the the, the jury and judge see yeah so that concluded the evidence for today mick yes and we're back uh up monday at two o'clock and you're going to be doing that day I will. Thanks very much for covering today. We'll be in and out, as we said, of this trial. We hope to cover every day of it. And just want to thank the listeners again for tuning into us on Spotify, Apple and YouTube. And uh, thanks to yourself, Mick. And thanks to our producer, Kieran Bradley. Thanks very much. <laughs>